Hey, this is Julie Mullins, co-senior pastor here at Christ Fellowship Church right here in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you for taking time out of your busy week to join us for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. Hey, before I jump into the message, I want to read a scripture over you today. Uh, It's found in Luke uh, chapter 4, and uh, it says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free. Say that last part with me out loud. And to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I have come this morning to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor over your life. That this year is gonna be a year that is filled with the favor and the goodness and the kindness and the faithfulness of God in your life. And I know these are the words of the prophet that Jesus was reading that day, but the Bible tells me that the same anointing that was on Jesus is now on the body of Christ, that we have been anointed to preach good news to the poor, amen? We've been anointed to set the prisoners free and we've been anointed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So I don't know what you went through last year. I don't know what the devil did to fight you, to try to take you out, what battles you had to fight, but can I tell you, on his best day, he didn't take you out on your worst day. You're still here, you're still standing, right? Which means that's proof of the ever-living, ever-lasting power of God in your life that he's got something on your life today. Well, Julie and I have been praying about 2024 for the last several months, and we've been asking God, God, would you give us a word for your church? Would you give us a word that you wanna speak over our lives? What do you wanna do over our lives? What do you wanna do, do in our church this year? And, and so we prayed and we fasted and we prayed and we waited and we, we sat and we listened and what we sensed the Holy Spirit saying clearly to us was God saying, I want, I want my people to encounter me. I want them to have a God encounter that ruins them. Like I I want them to sit in my glory and my presence and my power and know me in a way like maybe they've never known me before. My people don't need just another song. They don't need another sermon. They don't need to be entertained and they don't need to be accommodated. They need to encounter They're God, they're living God who wants to step into every part of their lives. And so over and over again, that that word encounter just kept coming up, encountering God, encountering his presence, encountering his spirit, taking time to encounter God, which made me ask, what is the biblical definition of a God encounter? Well, it's more than just um, knowing God. It's more than just going through the motions of our religious faith, our Christian walk with God. It's more than just having a, you know, goosebumps and all the feels, woo, glory. It's more than that. The biblical definition of having a God encounter is actually coming face to face with God. Sometimes suddenly or unexpectedly, but you encounter his presence to such a way that it, that it captivates you, that it takes your breath away, that it makes you hungry for more of God and less of anything of the world that would pull you away from God. See, I'm afraid that too many Christians settle for so much less than what God has intended for us to live in. 
we, we, we settle for some watered down version of Christianity that kind of goes through some religious experiences and some obligations and things we think we have to do. And, uh, or we're living on uh, days gone by when something happened years ago and God's wanting to do something fresh today. He's wanting to do a new thing in your life this year. See, I, my prayers as we step into this year together is that uh, you would have such a, uh, a fresh, a life altering, I'm never gonna be the same divine encounter with the living God to the point that when you look back on this year, you say, this was the best year of my life. 2024 was a year that everything changed because I encountered God in such a, a deeper, more profound way that it changed my life and my future and my family and the way I, I led my business. Everything about me changed because of my encounter with God this year. So as we kick this off together, I wanna to look at one of the most memorable encounters in the Bible. Uh, in fact, it happened to an ordinary guy on an ordinary day until one day something extraordinary happened. This, this, this man um, actually thought that life had passed him by. He actually thought that because of his mess up, he had missed out on what God had destined for his life. And I'm talking about the man named Moses and his encounter with God at, at a burning bush in the middle of a, of a desert. Now, even if you're not familiar with the Bible very much, you've probably heard of Moses, right? You know, the, the man who had the Ten Commandments, oh, right? And the, the guy that parted the waters, or maybe you know of him as, as the one that, that uh, helped, maybe you saw the movie Prince of Egypt. You, you've got an idea of who this guy is. But before all of that happened, there was this encounter. And before we jump into the passage of this God encounter that Moses had, I think it's important that we catch up on what happened the chapters leading up to this moment in the book of Exodus. Now, even though Moses was a Jew and the Jews were being held in captivity in Egypt, he was actually raised within the palace walls because he had been rescued by Pharaoh's daughter on the river in a basket. Now, as an adult, years later, he starts to notice how the rest of the Jews are being mistreated, and one day, Moses takes matters into his own hands and kills an Egyptian for abusing someone unjustly. And as a result of murdering this Egyptian, Moses is now on the run. He's a fugitive. So he runs back to the land of Canaan, to where his in-laws live, and he begins tending sheep for his father-in-law. And so he's caring for these sheep for 40 years, he takes care of sheep on the backside of a mountain. 40 years stuck in no place, in the middle of, of the wilderness. 40 years living in the consequences of his decision. And so at this point that we're gonna read, Moses is now 80 years old. This is 40 years after the mistake that altered the course of his life and seemingly put him out of the game. Maybe you can relate to Moses a little bit. Maybe you're somewhere in life that you don't wanna be, you didn't plan to be, but something that happened or maybe a choice that you made landed you right in the middle of where you are. And maybe it's been four years or 40 years. Listen, I've got some good news for you today. If you're stuck with some sheep in the backside of nowhere, can I tell you, God did not forget about Moses and God has not forgotten about you. He wants to give you a fresh encounter with his power and his purpose in your life today. 
So we're gonna start reading about this God encounter in Exodus chapter three, verse one. It says this, one day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest in Midian, and he led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't the bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called out to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Now we'll stop right there in the story. The first thing that jumped out to me, that is before Moses ever has this encounter with God, it says, look again, it says he led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God, and there the angel of the Lord appeared to him. There, where? There, at the mountain of God, at Sinai, the same place, a few chapters later, where God would give Moses the Ten Commandments, Mount Sinai. It was a holy, holy place. It's called the mountain of God. Duh. So what we see here is that Moses put himself in the place where the presence of God was. Right? He got in God's vicinity. He got in close proximity to God. So many people are wanting to have a God encounter, but they're not hanging out where God is. And they're wondering why they're not experiencing God and knowing God and finding God. Well, you gotta get where he is. Now, we know that God is everywhere. We know, we know that he is omnipresent, right? He's everywhere. But there are some places that are actually more conducive to you and me having a God encounter. There are some spaces and places that are ripe and ready for God to speak into your life and grab your attention. Can I tell you, you're in one of those places today. Right here today, you're in a place where the word of God through song and prayer and teaching is being prophetically declared over your lives. And if you've got kids, over your kids' lives. This doesn't happen everywhere. It's happening here. You're in a place where God has your attention and he can, he can speak to you. In fact, every day when you pray, what are you doing? You, you are positioning yourself to have a God encounter. God, speak to me. God, reveal yourself to me. Show me your truth. Every time that you open the word, you are opening yourself up to having an encounter with the living God. Yeah. Now I gotta be honest with you, sometimes I have viewed a prayer or reading my Bible more as a sense of obligation. Like something I have to do if I wanna be a good Christian and especially a pastor, right? It's like, like a duty or an assignment. When actually what we need to do is every day view it as an opportunity to have this encounter with a living God that wants to meet with you and talk to you and speak to you and show you things. So we don't just read the Bible for information. There's good information in there, but we read it for revelation. God, show me, God, show me yourself. God, reveal your truth to me, reveal your heart to me. So, so what we see right here from the very beginning, is that Moses positioned himself for this God encounter. And it says that he went, listen to this, far into the wilderness, far into the wilderness. Now we've talked before about the Hebrew word for wilderness or desert, it's, it's mid, midbar. And that means desert, dry place, 
wilderness place, but the Hebrew word for speak is midibar. And those words are spelt exactly the same because in the Hebrew they do not include um, the, the vowels. So they are the same and they have the same root word, which implies that when God takes you to a wilderness, dry place, he's actually because he wants to speak to you there. He's got something he wants to say to you there. See, God wanted to speak to Moses. He, he had to get him into the midbar, the wilderness, so he could midibar, speak to him. In fact, if you study your Bible, you'll see that many times God calls his people out of the hustle and bustle and the cadence of life, he'll actually lead them to a wilderness experience to be able to speak new life and direction over them. He'll take you someplace where you're no longer able to be distracted or numbed by the things of life so he's got your undivided attention. He took Abraham out into the wilderness and showed him the stars and said, I'm gonna make you the father of many, many nations. He took the Israelites out of Egypt into the wilderness to Mount Sinai to say, I wanna build a covenant with you. I wanna start a relationship with you. You read about Elijah and Elisha many times. God led them into a wilderness or out into the desert so he could speak to them. Even Jesus, before he started his public ministry, it says that the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness for 40 days to prepare him for his purpose. So maybe, maybe, maybe when God calls you to a desert place or you may find yourself one there, it's not to punish you, it's actually to prepare you. So many times we see it as punishment. God, why? Why is this happening in my life? Why, why have you brought me here? Why have you left me here? He hasn't left you there. He's gonna to speak to you there. He's gonna reveal something to you there. The place of separation actually becomes a place of preparation. He's preparing you for what's next. He's getting, getting you ready. Think about it, think about it. Uh, Moses, God had to get him here, remove some influences from his life so that he could influence him. And for these 40 years, what was he doing? He, he was learning to, to lead sheep through the wilderness and it wasn't even his sheep. It was his father-in-law's sheep that he had to take care of, right? It was getting him ready for leading God's people for 40 years through the same wilderness. Do you see it? That the place of separation is that place of preparation in your life. Don't resist it, embrace it, and say, God, what, do you want to, what are you getting me ready for? But the place of separation was also a place of revelation because it was here that God was gonna reveal things to Moses and speak to him and, and show himself to him. So maybe this year, or maybe right now, if you find yourself in that wilderness desert experience, instead of saying, God, when can I get out of it? Maybe we need to pray, God, what can I get out of it? What can I take out of it with me? So Moses, he sees this bush that's on fire, which in itself is not that unusual because out in the desert, hot things will sometimes catch on fire. But what is unusual is that the bush did not burn up. The, the fire did not go out. That was extraordinary. And what I love is that Moses didn't just walk by it and go, oh, cool. He actually stopped and went, wow, what, what's going on over there? Like that's, that's, that's different and I need to go see it. In fact, notice that God does not call out to him until he stops. Look at this in verse four. When the Lord saw Moses coming closer to the bush, 
Then it says, then God called out to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. It required that Moses stop, be still, take, take, take notice, slow, slow down. See, God is the one that initiates the encounter. He's the one that started the fire in, in the bush, but there's our part. We have to slow down and, and discern what is the Lord doing and what is he trying to say to me? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn off some noise. I'm gonna turn away from where I am and I'm gonna draw close so I can perceive it. In the original language, uh, it says that Moses turned aside. Your Bible might say he turned aside when he saw it or he turned to his side. It actually means that he had to stop where he was going and turn and move in the direction of God. If you are gonna have a God encounter this year, you have got to stop where you're going and what you're doing, and you've got to move in the direction of God. Sometimes, some of us are so busy with life that we miss what the creator of life is actually wanting to say to us about our lives. We gotta slow down. We gotta, we gotta take notice. We have to move in the direction towards God. And then, and then Moses, then God says to him, Moses, Moses. I, I love that God calls us by name. I love that uh, he's not only a powerful God, but he's a personal God. Like he knows your name. He knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly what he needs to say to you today and this year. He knows, it's personal. We would call this a rhema word, which is a spoken word of God. When God speaks and it's got your name written all over it. Have you ever had that happen? Maybe you're sitting in church, somebody's preaching, and all of a sudden, it's like God's going, you listen to this, you got this, right? He's like, he's like, got your name all over this, right? To the point that you kind of look around and go, did everybody else hear that? Right, right? That's a rhema word. That's God speaking to you. That's God giving you direction, getting your attention. So God says, Moses, Moses. And then look at Moses' response. He says, here I am. Here I am. Now, in the Greek, uh, or in the Hebrew, that word is henene. Here I am, henene, which is different than the whip and nene. Okay, just, it's different. It's not in the Bible. Once you say that with me, henene. Say it again, henene. It's kind of fun to say, isn't it? Henene, henene, henene. Henene, though, here I am, is, is more than just referencing your physical location. It's actually a powerful declaration that you're making. You're saying, yes, Lord, here I am. Yes, Lord, I'm ready for whatever you've got for me, whatever you want to do with me, whatever you ask of me, here I am. Even before God, Moses knew what God was going to say, he said, Hinene. Even before God told him what he needed him to do, Hinene. Some of y'all just need to say Hinene. 2024, maybe your word is henene. Maybe that's the word you need, henene. So when God says, do this, henene. When God says, stop doing that, henene. Whatever God, however he directs you, henene. That's what we need to say to God. Our response to God is henene. Yes, Lord, whatever you want, whatever you ask of me, I am ready, I am willing. And then in the next verse, verse five, God says, don't come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals for where you're standing is holy ground. Now, when you think about it, uh, shoes are dirty, right? Have you seen those Instagram posts about what's on the bottom of your shoes when you walk through the streets or the bathrooms? I mean, just think about a public bathroom. 
And then that all gets on the bottom of your foot. And then you carry that into your house and into your bedroom. And all, your, the bottom of your shoes can be nasty. It picks up what you walk through. And so for Moses, he was taking care of sheep. So there was some sheep stuff on the bottom of his <laughs> sandals. And so God was saying, you gotta take, you gotta take, take that off. Things that we walk through in life sometimes get stuck to the bottom. And, and God is saying, if you wanna encounter me, this is gonna be holy ground. If you wanna encounter me, you've gotta remove some of the filth that you've picked up along the way. Some of the stuff that's just accumulated in your life, you've gotta remove it. He says, Moses, you take off your sandals. God didn't take sandal, his, Moses' sandals off for him. God told Moses, you take off your sandals. You're standing on holy ground. There are some things you and I have to take off so that we can encounter this God, this holy, this holy God. You can't encounter God if you're not willing to deal with sin. You will not encounter God this year if you are not willing to deal with sin in your life, the accumulated dirt that we pick up along the way because God is saying this is holy ground. Where I'm gonna meet with you, what I'm gonna say to you, when I've got over your life, what I've got for your life, it's holy, it's set apart. It's not normal, it's not natural, it's actually supernatural. So you better take off your shoes. This is holy, this year is gonna be a year of holy ground in your life, in your family, in your marriage. This year is gonna be a year that is filled with uh, God's presence, God filling spaces and places in your life that maybe you have felt void in before. This is a year he's gonna fill it, but it's gonna be holy ground and it's gonna require something of us. See, here's what I know. Moses must have known that there was something special on his life. I mean, he was rescued out of a basket floating down the river Nile and it could have been anybody, but it was Pharaoh's daughter that rescued him. So he knew that God had some big plans in his life, but now all of that seemed derailed. We're 40 years after getting run out of Egypt and he probably felt like his history screwed up his destiny. But maybe God had to get Moses out of Egypt so that he could get Egypt out of Moses. Maybe, maybe. God had to get him out of the place that had been shaping his thinking and his identity. And maybe some of us have been Egyptianized. Maybe some of us have picked up so much from the world that God is actually saying, I need you to take that off. Like that's not gonna, what carries you here is not gonna carry you where I need you to go and what I need you to do. And so you've gotta take off your sandals, you've gotta take off your shoes because what I've got for you is holy. I have a holy mission for your life and you're gonna miss it if you keep walking in the way you've been walking in. So then God tells him, I've heard the cries of my people, Moses. There's this problem going on down in Egypt and you're actually the solution to the problem. And what happens next is this back and forth conversation with Moses uh, and God. It's almost a, a, an argument where Moses is telling God all the reasons why this won't work. As if God doesn't already know the future from the end. And he knows the beginning and the end. He knows it all, right? He knows everything about Moses. Moses says, I can't talk right. I got this problem. This, why would they pick me? Why would I go? All this stuff, right? It's almost this argument telling him why he's unqualified for the job. And then in chapter four, Moses asks the question, well, what if they don't believe me? What, what if they don't listen to me? What if I go down to Egypt, like you're saying, but then they, they don't listen to what I, what, 
I'm supposed to tell him. And he says, well, God looks at him in chapter four and he says, well, Moses, what's that in your hand? And he says, it's a staff in my hand. And God tells Moses to throw the staff down. So Moses throws the staff down and the staff becomes a snake. Yeah, I'm glad this one didn't. <laughs> the staff becomes a snake and it says in Exodus chapter four that Moses ran, woo, I bet he did, I would too, right? If all of a sudden something dead came to life, what? Yeah. And then God says to him, Moses, pick up the snake by the tail. Say what? Why don't I go get another stick and beat this snake to death? Why don't we do that? And then I'll pick it up. But Moses didn't say that. Moses, it says, reached down, picked up the snake by the tail and it became a staff again. Remarkable, right? And from that point on in the Bible, the staff of Moses is referred to as the rod of God. He would hold it up, waters would part. There were things that would happen with this rod of God in his hand. It was Moses' staff still, but it had God's name all over it. It actually belonged to God. It actually had anointing and, and, and purpose on it. And as I was praying for you this year, I believe that God is gonna put some things in your hand this year that has never been in your hand before. He's gonna put some things in your hand this year of, of influence, of creativity, of, of opportunity that are gonna open up, but you gotta remember that it's God's. It's in your hand. He wants you to steward it. He wants you to use it. He wants you to leverage it. He wants you to work it. But you need to remember it belongs to God. It doesn't belong to you. And God's purposes will be used through it when you actually use it that way instead of your own way. So then the story continues. Let me give you a quick summary of what's happened next. Moses courageously steps out into his calling, confronts the most powerful man in the world, Pharaoh, 10 tries, 10 plagues later. Finally, Pharaoh lets all the Israelites go and they begin their journey into the promised land. But it would have never happened without this encounter. None of that would have happened, none of the plagues, none of, the, none, none, none of it would have happened this way at least, without this encounter. The encounter comes before the calling. The encounter comes before the miracle. The encounter comes before uh, there's clarity to, to mission in life. The encounter actually gives this direction to Moses and helps him step into his destiny. And it all started with an encounter. You need an encounter with God this year. If you don't have a God encounter this year, you're gonna miss out on what this year is all about. You're gonna miss where he wants you to go, what he wants you to do. He wants to speak to you. He wants to speak direction and clarity and vision over your life. But can I tell you, when you have your God encounter, it'll do a couple things. It will challenge you and it will change you. It's gonna challenge you. Because when you think about Moses, Moses was challenged because of his God encounter. He, he had to step out of his comfort zone. He had to go try something that he had never thought he could do, right? He had to get out of what felt safe and familiar and go confront Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world. Can I tell you, God encounters often involve God giving you a clearer vision for your life, which is so much bigger than anything you ever thought dreamed or imagined. And which means when that happens, fear is gonna show up and be knocking on the door calling out your name. But you gotta remember, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind so you're able to step into everything God has for you. So first and foremost, your God encounter is gonna challenge you. Secondly, your God encounter is gonna change you. 
is, is gonna, you, you cannot encounter the almighty, everlasting, ever-living God and it not change you. It is gonna change you. Think about Moses. He goes from being an 80-year-old shepherd on the backside of, of a mountain to a mighty man of faith that confronts Pharaoh and leads God's people out of Egypt, parts the Red Sea, receives the 10 commandments from God. And then he's the man who under the inspiration from the Holy Spirit writes the first five books of the Bible. What? It changed him. I would even say his encounter made him. It made him into who he was destined and called to be. And the same is true for you and me. Your God encounter this year is gonna make you. It's gonna shape you. It's gonna give you direction and focus and purpose and calling for your life. It's gonna make your home and your marriage and your business, it's gonna change everything about you. So from this story, I see three things that each of us must do to have a God encounter this year. The first thing is this, like Moses, you've gotta position yourself for a God encounter. Remember, Moses went to the mountain of God. He got where God was. You've gotta make a decision this year that you are gonna continually put yourself in the place where God is, okay? Which means every Sunday, every Sunday, you're gonna get here because this is where God, he wants to speak to you here. He can speak to you anywhere, but man, he's got your undivided attention right now, right? So you're gonna, it's not when it's convenient, I'm getting here, and like Pastor Dave said, you have perfect church attendance so far. Keep it up. Then um, we're gonna spend time in prayer. Every day we're gonna pray. Every day we're gonna put ourselves in a position to let the Lord speak to us. Every day we're gonna open up the word of God this year. And we're gonna, what it is, all those things are putting yourself in a place, positioning yourself to have a God encounter through the word, which is alive and breathing and active. So not out of obligation, but expecting revelation, all right? Position yourself for a God encounter, which is why we're having our revival nights this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, so that you can encounter God. I, I've asked the team to build altars for all of our campuses that are similar to the altars we had when our church first started 40 years ago. And those altars is a place to pray and, and surrender to God and meet with God and have an encounter with God. And I wanna challenge you to come back these next few nights of this week to, to encounter God, maybe like in a way you've never encountered him before. Position yourself for this God encounter. The second thing that we all gotta do is we, we, have to, um, we have to take off our shoes. You have to be willing to deal with the sin issues in your life that maybe you've been justifying or condoning or thinking, well, everybody does it. It's, it's pretty normal. Maybe we've been Egyptianized and it's time to take our shoes off and get ready to stand on holy ground and meet with God. What is it? What is that area in your life? What is that issue in your life? And maybe, maybe you've tried to take that off, but it's been too hard to take off. Like Julie has this one pair of black boots that anytime she puts them on, she can't take them off. I don't know what they are. They go, yeah, I don't know where they, what? but she always says, Todd, can you help me take my boots off, and I know exactly which pair of boots they are. I gotta go help her wedge it and put my foot against the bed and all that, right? She needs help taking her boots. Some of y'all need help taking your sandals off because you've tried to take it off on your own. You tried to stop that addiction, that problem, that habit, that issue on your own. You prayed about it. You've, you need to get to celebrate recovery on Tuesday nights, man. Let some people that have gotten the boots, they kicked their boots off, man. They've kicked it off, man, they're free. They'll help you get free. 
You need to get into a group, young adults group, a men's group, crew group, sisterhood group. You need to get around some other brothers and sisters that'll help you get ready to have your God encounter this year, to stand on holy ground. And the third thing I see from Moses that we have to do is uh, you've got to slow down. And we all are living life so hurried, so busy, that it's so easy for us to miss out on everything God wants to do in our lives. See, I don't want you to miss the one thing that can change everything for you this year, your encounter with God. So I wanna pray a couple prayers today. I wanna pray the first prayer that as, uh, as we step into this year that you would encounter God like you've never encountered him before, that we'll do our part, we'll position ourselves, we'll take off our shoes and we'll get ready, but man, you would, you would not miss everything that God wants to speak over your life. And in that prayer, I'm gonna pray for those of you that need to take your shoes off. You've got an area of your life you need to confess to God and ask him for forgiveness. And you need to set that aside so that you can walk with God this year. The second prayer I wanna pray for those of you that um, you need to get your, your relationship with Jesus right. The only way you will ever encounter him and everything he has for you is through a relationship with Jesus and you've never really turned over full control of everything to him today. If you haven't done that, that second prayer is gonna be for you. And I believe as we step into this year, we're gonna see God in our lives, in our church, in our families, in our marriages, like we've never seen him before. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? God, we thank you for your word that speaks to us. It's alive, it's active. Like I didn't even need to preach today. We could have just read this story and, and Holy Spirit, you would have been speaking to each one of us in this room, calling us to a deeper encounter with you. And I pray that this year we would encounter you, God, like never before. I pray that we will look back on 2024 and go, that was the year that I met with God like never before. That was the year that I experienced his presence and his glory in my own life like never before. So Lord, we know to do that, we gotta position ourselves in the right place. We gotta take off our shoes and we gotta slow down. So I pray you'd help us to do our part. For those of you today that you know, the Lord's spoken to you about something you need to take off, some area of your life that you need to set aside. Would you just right now just confess that to him? Maybe you know you need to get into Celebrate Recovery and get some accountability in your life. Just tell him, I'm gonna do that this week. As we continue to pray with every head bowed, if you're here today and you would say, Todd, when you talked about getting your life right with Jesus, I know that's what I need to do. My friend, no better time than the first Sunday of this year to get your life right with Jesus. It's by just opening up and saying, be the Lord of my life and he'll step in. He'll take away the old. He'll make everything new on the inside of you. And so as I pray this prayer, if that's you and you would say, Todd, include me in that prayer, right where you are, would you just raise your hand up? Just hold up high all across all of our rooms, online, hold it up high. You're saying, I want what Jesus has for me this year. I don't wanna miss it. We're gonna pray this together out loud. All of you pray this after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I need you in my life to be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of all my sin and make me a new person. And I will follow you the best I know how for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Come on, let's thank God. Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441-441 and then select the option that applies to you. 
And if you enjoyed this message, just make sure that you subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to all of you who so generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's really because of you that everything we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.